1: This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Presenting sponsor for today's episode of Civilized Barking is Visa, a network working for everyone. Hey everybody, thanks for coming to Civilized Barking, Zach Jackson here. Uh, Recording this just a few hours later than usual for our, our late week or game preview episode. You know, frankly, week five, I don't know often what day it is. Um... Well, thank you guys for listening, for reading uh, For tuning in to Civilized Barking Speaking of barking, I'm on some new earbuds here In my podcast setup Because the dog uh, ate my other ones And then unrelated Because it was the next night The dog puked twice during family dinner And then was eating it So anyway, the dog's for sale, inquire within um, No, she's good usually But man, she's, she's been a lot um, Brown's on a wild ride uh, Another long road trip to play a good team um, I thought that was a quality win last week, even though it was ugly. I really did. I think the defense followed up um, an outrageously good performance, but one that you know obviously was an aberration, is is they just poured it on late with the, with the nine sacks. They followed it up by playing extremely well, recovering from giving up that early touchdown. And um, JOK has been awesome. Um, he carries himself and prepares like a vet. He is a missile. Uh, Anthony Walker should be coming back. This week, you know, all indications are that he's good, so they might limit his snaps. And we'll see how that goes. But they, you know, to the coaching staff, this is an important guy in terms of leadership, um, reading coverages. Jok said it himself: watching film with Anthony Walker is like a football clinic. He's diagnosing things and helping. And you know, obviously the sacks are nice, and um, Miles chasing records and maybe winning Defensive Player of the Year is is great and it it helps the coverage but really it's causing that disruption it gets in quarterbacks heads right it gets in play callers heads and you saw many times many times the vikings call a screen pass or a quick misdirection quick swing pass to beat the pass rush to try to make the browns pay for being too aggressive and jok or someone else was right there Uh, there's a lot of speed on this defense and wanted to get longer and faster. And they did. So um, we'll see, you know, Tack and, and Clowney have been on the injury report. You're going to be managing th- those guys. Malik Jackson's 31. You're going to be managing him. Um, Greg Newsom still out another week. He obviously Greedy had the big interception. That was a huge play in the game. And, and I think Cousins throwing that ball at that time, trying to hit the big one on first down with seven ish minutes left. I really think that's a byproduct of they wanted to go for the big shot early because they were tired of, of what the defensive line was doing to them. So you know, credit to all those guys and to Joe Woods, frankly, who was under fire and will be again um, the next time the Browns have a crappy defensive game. That's how this this works. But um, really good progress, obviously, in, in the results and, and in what you see um, with those guys. And, and if the defensive line plays like that, the Browns will win a lot of games. That's for sure. You know, on the flip side, I don't know what's going on with Baker Mayfield. And by that, I obviously mean the Instagram post and and whatever else and the decision by someone in Baker's camp Thursday morning to leak that it was a a labrum injury. Um, After Baker had said everybody's making excuses, after Stefanski had said on the record multiple times in echoing Baker, um, we don't think it's affecting him. So I thought that made it a bigger deal than it needed to be. It makes it more the story of the week. Look, guys – The Browns are playing for keeps. They're playing for big prizes. And Baker didn't just have a bad game. He had an awful game. It was only one. He's earned some equity. He's shown that he's a completely different quarterback, and the Browns are a completely different offense than they were a year ago. So he has every right to bounce back, and all of us on the outside have every right to think he will bounce back. Um, Those misses were really, really bad, right, and they were consistent. It's not one play. Um, The coach tried to show faith in him, uh, by going back to it and and really gave the Vikings an extra possession out of that, and the defense bailed him out. So, you know, he has to be better. They have to protect him better. Um, you know, he and Odell have to get have to hit a couple of those right. They they just do. I I'm not going to sit here and say that it's a communication issue. I thought last week it was an accuracy issue. Obviously, Baker came out and others came out and said on the one play, one of the deep shots, it was a communication issue. But I think at that point in the game. Um, That's that's not the right play. You have to know what you're doing. And and he just had some uncharacteristic misses. So we'll say they're uncharacteristic. We'll say that we trust, obviously, the play calling, the entire operation. It's been good for 11 months now. And we'll see. It'll need to be against this Chargers defense. The Chargers have played four games and won three just like the Browns have. Uh, The Chargers have held their opponent to their season low point total in each of those four. Uh, They're missing some guys on that defense, but they have Joey Bosa, who's been great. They have Derwin James, who's a freak safety, uh, was hurt for much of last season. Uh, He made a big interception in that Monday night game. Um, Nasir Adderley is playing well. They'll move Bosa around. Uh, What we're going to do here when I stop this ramble in a couple minutes is my colleague in, almost said San Diego, my colleague in LA, uh, Daniel Popper, who covers the Chargers, is going to come on. So I I was high on the Chargers um, going into this year. I thought they were a little bit of this year's Browns. I thought a good team that upgraded its offensive line necessary. It was due a little injury luck. We'll see how that goes. It's a long season. It's the longest season ever, but really the upgrade in coaching. I mean, Brandon Staley, I don't know him. I know he's from Northeast Ohio. Uh, it's been a fast rise. Five years ago, he was an assistant at John Carroll. Now he's the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. They're three and one. They're playing well. So that that's worked. Um, They had awful special teams last year. They had awful injury luck. And Anthony Lynn, who I love and I've told many stories about uh, on the A to Z podcast from his time with the Browns, um, him managing games just wasn't working, and they were consistently losing those close games. So uh, it will be interesting. You know, uh, the Browns obviously – I still think they're going to play their share of 40 to 35 games. The last two weeks have not been that. I don't think this one will be either. I think the Browns will look to run. Um. In a way to protect Baker, but I think saying protect Baker is too strong. I think they'll look to run, because that's that's proven by the numbers. The way to attack the Chargers, I think they'll try to, you know, help their defense in that way. Uh, the Browns' time of possession the last couple weeks has been outrageously in their favor, but the defense has played a lot of big snaps, um, a, a lot of pass down snaps where they do a lot of chasing, and that's probably why Miles Garrett and Malik Jackson got Wednesday off of practice. So, uh, again, Clowney and Tack haven't practiced. I don't know. Troy Hill and Denzel got Wednesday off. They'll be back. This is just what it's going to be with the management. And in two weeks from tonight, the Browns play a game against Denver. That'll be their week seven game. They'll get three to four extra days off then uh, of preparation and mostly, most importantly rest before they play the Steelers. But this is week five we're going into, guys, and the bye isn't until week 13. So this is why Kevin Stefanski was – Limiting reps and and laying out light practices um, back in the summer, for July and August. That's why he has a plan for Hunt and for Chubb. Both are running really well, by the way. I mean, the last two weeks, the Bears and the Vikings, those are big boy fronts, really established defenses, established players, longtime coaches. And the Browns had to pound away and be satisfied with some three-yard runs, right? And And they did, and it opened up some other things. In the Bears game, they hit a couple passes. You know, in the Vikings game, there was a couple big ones to Higgins, no doubt. And there was the one in the fourth quarter to Odell that set up Chase McLaughlin's field goal. And how good has he been, by the way? So anyway, um, you know, everybody, deep breath, long season, big game, going to have to grind these out. Uh, Kareem Hunt has been nothing short of a superhero. Miles Garrett has been nothing short of a superhero. Finally, you know, the Browns come in prepared um, for every week you know, the Browns come in with a solid plan with a really good team um, when they run out on that field. And they can go toe-to-toe with anybody. So if you want to say this is a playoff preview or, you know, somebody getting the upper hand in terms of potential seeding and all that, it's too early for real discussions in that way. But it's not too early to say that. The Chargers are real. The Browns are real. This is fun. Um, on Sunday will be Joel Batonio's 100th career start. Joel is an Iron Man. He's the longest-tenured Brown. He's playing at a really freaking high level right now, uh, even in year eight of his career. He is such a fit for this offense. Stefanski uses him to pull, to diagnose things. Um, he gets out there, and he's, he's just great. So his 100th start, um, 12 Browns players in the new era, 99 on, have made it to 100 games, but only four have made it to 100 starts, and that's Joe Thomas um that's alex Mack, and joel's obviously his rookie here. he played between those two guys and that's orpheus roy from from a long time ago so it's pretty good company pretty good milestone uh, joel's from la um from southern california and he turns 30 on monday so this is a big week for him i will have a story next week that's what we call a teaser hopefully it was a well-done one anyway guys again thank you for reading for listening submit your asking jackson questions Glad to have you on board. Um, numbers for the podcast and for the articles have been great because people are excited about the Browns, and you should be. Um, I've been getting a chuckle out of the planes with everybody in their Browns gear and fired up in the stadiums, and I think it'll be 50-50. It could even be 60-40 Browns from what some people are saying for this Sunday. So anyway, enjoy it as you should be. Thanks for listening. Stick with us. I'm going to bring in my colleague in LA, Daniel Popper. Yeah. All right. As promised, I have my colleague Daniel Popper. He's in L.A. Uh, I'm going to say San Diego. I think I already said it. It's just how it's going to be. Um, But, Daniel, from where I sit, and I've tried to watch a lot for several reasons, this is a different Chargers team. I I really think it's a really good team. Um, You would know it a lot better than I. Um, You know, you've been there. You've seen it. Uh, do you think th- this is the type of team that can, you know, not only win this game Sunday, which is a, a really big game, but uh, win a whole bunch of them between now and, and the end of the season?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a really, really, really good football team. Um, the head coach is legit, Brandon Staley. They have talent on both sides of the ball. The schemes are fantastic so far through four games. Um, and you're seeing it come to fruition. Uh, they're three and one for a reason. Their only loss came to the Cowboys and the Cowboys are looking like a really, really good team as well. Uh, you know, heading into the season, I sort of was like, okay, I really have to see it on the field, you know, because everyone can get really excited about a new coaching staff and get really excited about the additions made in the offseason mm-hmm. and get ahead of yourself. Uh, but from what I've seen over these first four games, they're gonna be in contention here. Um, you know, they're going to hit some adversity at some point, you know, they're not going to go 16 and one. Right. Um, So we'll see what happens, you know, when they have a loss and, and see how they respond. They obviously responded well from that Cowboys game. Um, But I, I think above all else, they're really healthy right now. And that's not something you typically say about the chargers, right. but they really haven't had that devastating injury. and And you're seeing that on the field with how they're playing. And then obviously they have the quarterback. I mean, this, this guy, Justin Herbert is, The real deal um he's one of the best quarterbacks in football and he's only getting better week after week in terms of his processing um you know we all see the talent we see the arm talent we see the physical traits but i think what's really jumping out is just um his processing his innate feel in the pocket um that really came through in this last game against the raiders when he was under a lot of pressure and he was just able to get the ball out um and you know joe lombardi the offensive coordinator said today that he's operating out there like a 10-year veteran and this is a guy that spent his entire career with Drew Brees, so I think that's really saying something. Yeah,
1: that is, um, we ask about Joey Bosa for two reasons. One, the Browns have a left tackle issue with some injuries and some shuffling, some uncertainty. But obviously, here in Ohio, we know Joey Bosa, and you know, on the Browns, we have Miles Garrett, who's just a super freak, and you notice him from 80, 80 or even eight hundred yards away. You know, I've always been enamored by the Boses because they're not huge guys, right? And there's not one thing that really stands out about them like physically, but they don't get blocked, right? Joey uh, is healthy, seems confident. Is this the best that he's played in his career?
2: Um, he's had some really good spurts. Like last year, there was a string of games where he was playing out of his mind, like against the Bills. That's probably the best I've, I've ever seen him play. But he's just so consistent. Like this is what you've come to expect from Joey Bosa is just going out there and putting up the kind of pressure numbers he's putting up. I think the one encouraging thing about Joey Bosa this season is that he was entering into a, a different role. Um, he had been a 4-3 defensive end uh, with Gus Bradley for the majority of his career, and he was just going to be asked to do a lot more in this defense playing outside linebacker. Brandon Staley wouldn't call it that. He would call it an edge player, um, but technically an outside linebacker. They're dropping him into coverage a little bit more. They're asking him to see a little bit more, and, and Joey entering the season was like, you know, I, I take this as a challenge because i kind of been doing the same thing over and over again year after year, which is just get after the, the quarterback, get after the quarterback. And that's really all I was focusing on was my individual matchups against tackles and sort of the nuances there. Um, he's really leaned into it and he really appreciates the added challenge of having to see more. He was dropping into coverage a little bit Monday night against the Raiders. Um, but this is a guy that's just going to bring it every single week. He, he's dealing with a little bit of a foot ankle sprain, um, but doesn't really seem to be an issue just based yeah. just watching him on tape um he was outstanding against Alex Leatherwood and you saw that the Raiders actually moved him inside to guard Joey Bosa was definitely a big a big part right. of that a big part of that decision but he's just a problem and, and you, you alluded to the fact that you know he, he's a fantastic athlete he's obviously not Miles Garrett athletic right. um but just as, he's just a technician and he just goes in with such a clear plan of how to attack as a pass rusher, he, you know, not just the first move, but he always has a counter move. Um, and he just has a knack for getting to the quarterback. And a lot of that is just because he's such a technician. His technique is so sound. His hand placement, he has very strong hands. And it's just very hard to, um, you know, stand him up and, and execute pass protection against him when he's one-on-one. Right.
1: Right. Um- you know, I will victory lap this if I'm right, Daniel. But I've been screaming for months. The Chargers are this year's Browns. They got a new coach, which was sorely needed. They upgraded the offensive line, and they have good players and let them loose. Do you, Do you think that I'm at least in the zip code with that comparison?
2: Yeah, I think that's really fair. You bring in a young coach who's who's innovative um, and, and brings a scheme with him. I with Brandon, it's a defensive scheme, but with Stefanski, it was an offensive scheme but brings a scheme with him that's sort of on the cutting edge and and you take a bunch of talented players and you see it sort of express itself on the field. So I think that's fair, but I would say that uh, the chargers have a better quarterback and I might upset some Browns fans with that comment, but they might be the the realistic ones, not the ones who watch the games. They might be, They might be the Browns with a supercharged quarterback pun intended.
1: Yeah, um, man, he, he's big and he's smart and like, when he misses Williams and Allen's catch radiuses are ridiculous. So he rarely misses, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, he had a bad miss against the Raiders, Mike Williams, who's playing at an extremely high level, just cooked Damon Arnett off the line of scrimmage. And it should have been a touchdown and Justin overthrew him. But the misses are so, so, you know, they're few and far between, right? Like he's, he's extremely accurate. Um, And I think just, the, the thing that's jumped out to me is, is just the way he's operating. I know I touched on it earlier, but just, just getting into the specifics of this Raiders game. And he got the ball out in 2.32 seconds, which is the fifth lowest time to throw in the league last year. He was pressured on 30% of his dropbacks, only got sacked twice and didn't turn the ball over. So what you're seeing him, is it's not just physical traits. It's not just arm strength and the off-platform throws. What you're seeing is that he's, he's really operating. He's really playing the quarterback position, which is just terrifying for the league. Because he's only, you know, it's his second year, right? And he's already being um, talked about by the offensive coordinator uh, as a 10-year as a veter- veteran. And, you know, last year in training camp, this is the crazy part, is like when he was at Oregon, he was playing at a shotgun. Like he did not take a single under center snap his entire career. So last year during training camp, when he wasn't getting any work with the ones because Tyrod Taylor was a starting quarterback, he was learning like how to hand the ball off. Like how to take snaps (laughs) from under center, like, like how to, how to like make his um, play action uh, fake handoffs and real handoffs look similar, like how to turn his body correctly coming out from under center, like the really like basics of the position. And then he went out and did that as a rookie. And now he's mastered all of those basics and he's going to the, to the master's level of playing quarterback and he's succeeding in that too. And so you just, the question is how much better can he, can he get? I can't answer that right now, but you know, yeah. The 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 ceiling is very, very high for him. Well it just seems
1: like they've done a nice job of of putting the right people around him, right? You use a first round pick on the left tackle, you have Eckler. Um they drafted you know and have added young receivers behind those two studs. Uh go get Jared Cook. Like it's if is as long as this line holds up,
2: like the the sky's the limit, correct? Right. Right, right, right. Exactly. And I think they you bring up an important point here the one weakness they had offensively in terms of personnel was offensive line. Like it was ugly. It was disastrous. It, it was just awful last year. And Brandon Saley came in here as the head coach and was like, listen, we need to get bigger. Like we need to get bigger. We need to get better. We just need more talent on the offensive line. And like that has to be the absolute priority for us as an organization this offseason." So what does GM Tom Salasco do? He goes and signs all pro center Corey Lindsley. who's playing certainly at an all pro level. He He's goes and signs here two. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was ridiculously good against the Raiders. Like, they rushed for their, a season-high 168 yards, and Corey Lindsay was just moving people. It was, it was really impressive watching it on tape. Uh, but they go sign two starting guards in free agency, Matt Filer, who's been really, really good in the run game, a little inconsistent in pass protection, but, like, a, like a legitimately decent starting guard, which they haven't had in a really long time. They go out and sign Ode Abushi, a guy who they felt like, you know, his best football was in front of him, and he's playing well. They draft Rashawn Slater, in the first round and he's a player like he's legitimately a player like he's been outstanding in the run game in pass protection he's a cornerstone left tackle so you go get four new starters on the offensive line and so that was that to me was like a show of okay we're really investing in this quarterback what did he need he needed protection and we went and got a bunch of starting caliber players better than starting caliber players to play on that offensive line you're seeing it he just has more time back there We'll see, we'll see what happens against this Browns front. Certainly a big test for them, but they've faced a lot of tests so far. Washington, obviously, um, the Raiders have a, a good pass rushing duo do it there and Yanni can and Max Crosby. And they've really, they, they stood up, they've, they've played well in pass protection, which is something I haven't seen from this team since I've started covering on the 2019.
1: Yeah. And I mean, obviously Slater hasn't been challenged by miles Garrett, but some of the guy he's, he's gone against top tier pass rushers. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so Brandon Staley, I, I don't know him personally. Um, some people who are listening probably do, but, but I know a lot of people listening here obviously, you know, know his story, um, know he's from Northeast Ohio and are probably rooting for him m- most weeks. So, you know, he strikes me as rather egoless, very detailed, uh, a lot of stuff fancy comparisons. I completely agree with you as someone who covers him and who's there. Um, you know, it, what, what am I missing? Uh, just what has he most
2: impressed you with that maybe we haven't talked about yet? Yeah, I think you bring up a couple things that really stood out to me. Um, the level of detail is really remarkable. Like, I, there's nothing that I'm thinking about with this team that he hasn't already thought about, like, to the nth degree. Um, something, and There's an example every week, but this week something really interesting came up. Um, Austin Eckler mentioned in his presser that on Thursdays, the Chargers have a full team meeting offense defense and special teams where they go over the entire game plan into specifics in front of the whole team. So the offensive players know exactly what the defensive game plan is, the defensive players know exactly what the offensive game plan is. And I was like, "No, oh, that's really interesting." And nothing is by accident, right? Brandon Staley isn't just doing that because he thinks like, "Oh, yeah, this will be fun." Like no, there's a <laughs> there's a reason behind it because everything has a reason with how he goes about his business. And so I asked him about it, and he went through the seven different reasons why it was you know important but it comes down to accountability and transparency these are two things that he thinks are really really important and so he wants to be fully transparent about what's going on in the field so that you know austin eckler knows exactly what drew tranquil starting linebacker is responsible for and that creates you know culture of accountability and transparency across the entire team and then he also said i like to do this because creates more of a team atmosphere like you feel like everyone is together because everyone is fully aware of everything that's going on on the field and so the offense can really they're not just cheering for a good play they're cheering because they know that something is being executed the way that it was detailed in that specific meeting and it seems like something really small right but it's it's this approach in every facet of the organization top to bottom from you know sports performance to game plan to you know et cetera. cetera. everything has a rhyme and a reason and it's thought out in detail. And something like that, you know, creates the kind of, you know, everyone uses the buzzword culture, right? But it's specific things like that that have allowed him to establish this sort of culture early on get a team that really believes in him and believes in each other.
1: Yeah. uh, I'm going to cut you off for one second, Daniel. Browns fans soak that in. You have the same thing here and it's such a change, right? So uh, even if you're not from Lake County or aren't tied to John Carroll, you can root for Brandon Staley the other weeks. Um, We did an article called the AFC North whip Around." Daniel and we finish it this week asking a question of yes it's early but might this game have number one AFC seed implications and my answer is in the second weekend of October I'm not getting into that as far as the number one seed but in a half step back from that I don't think that's a ridiculous thought at all I think these are two really good
2: teams built to stay in windows very much open for both do you agree Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you. Like, I'm not going to sit here in week five and say that it has, you know, that type of playoff implications. But these are clearly two of the best teams in the AFC. And I think it's maybe an indication of an AFC rivalry moving forward from two franchises that really haven't had a lot of success. um, You know, two teams that are sort of cementing themselves as legitimate players in the AFC um, and, and certainly teams that could meet. In the playoffs down the road, um, I'm really fascinated to see how it shakes out. There's so many different facets of this game that are really interesting to me. Um, but just from a macro perspective, like yeah, these are these are two ascending teams in the AFC, and and absolutely, if if they continue on their current trajectories, it will have playoff implications down the road.
0: Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot.
2: Our partner StubHub has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. What would you like to know about the Browns? Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at this injury report. Um, pretty extensive. Yeah. So, yeah, what are I, – I guess, like, let's start with this offensive line. What's going on with the injury situation there? You know, Wills didn't practice today. Um, looks like Conklin's been limited. What's, what's going on with the injuries in the offensive line?
1: Yeah, so Treder doesn't practice. Uh, he's 30. He's a nine-year vet. They, you know, he, he handles his business. He's, he's all sorts of banged up, quite frankly, but he's never missed a snap since he came here five years ago. So he plays. But Wills – has only had two practices in the last three weeks, but has played and he's left all three of the games. So um, they keep saying he's fine and they keep either not practice, you know, maybe practicing him limited on Friday or whatever. Um, this week, it does tend to point to Blake Kansas going to play, but it has done that maybe in other weeks too, and I don't know. And, you know, I hate to say it's more important because it's Joey Bosa, but like for an organization that, handles everything. And even though they aren't necessarily transparent with game strategy information, you can usually put the pieces together rather easily. Like there's something missing here. Like, is he not that hurt and they want him to play or like what, why isn't he sitting right for a team that's trying to play into January and doesn't have a buy until December? Like, why is, why are you putting a guy out there that's leaving the game every week? So, so that's a little bit of a mystery, but that's the only I mean, Conklin's limited because he's a right tackle who's been in the league for six years and Treader has been in the league for nine years and um, those guys will be there, but whether it will be Blake Hance or Jed Wills, a tackle here, you know, 72 hours out. I don't know that answer.
2: Interesting. Um, Um, And as
1: far as the defensive line, I think it's just maintenance. It was a little bit interesting that Tack McKinley and Clowney were held out a second straight day. Um, but I think it's just the fact that these guys have played a lot of games, um, that they've played a lot of snaps, a lot of pass rush snaps early in the season. And I think the Browns just, just want them to be fresh, uh, when Sunday rolls around.
2: Gotcha. Um, the one other thing I'm interested in is what kind of role John Johnson has in this defense. Cause obviously Brandon Staley's very familiar with him. John Johnson was calling the plays for Staley's defense last year with the Rams. How has he played so far and sort of what's his role? um in this defense.
1: Yeah, he had the, his best game last week. He's had a quiet start and I was surprised because you know, just watching in training camp and it wasn't an ultra high speed competitive training camp. But you just looked out there and said, man, that's why they got this guy. He gets everybody lined up. He's always in the right place. He's directing traffic. And in the Chiefs game, he ends up getting caught and then single against Tyreek Hill and turned around and it goes for an 80-yard touchdown because Tyreek can do that to anybody, right? But there are about five other plays where he missed by an inch. And I just thought, man, this is going to be his launching pad. He's going to make a bunch of big ones. And he really hasn't. But last week, he he did play well. So, um, you know, they drafted Grant Delpit a year ago with high expectations. He got hurt right away in camp. They got Ronnie Harrison for nothing, and he's been a good player when he's hurt, when he's been healthy, excuse me, but he's been hurt a lot. And last week, concussion protocols knocked him out on the second play of the game. Uh, he didn't play at all. Apparently, he didn't have a concussion, but he wasn't cleared to return for the rest of the game. So the answer is uh, mixed results with John Johnson. But if this defense is going to continue to ascend, and you know when Herbert is going through his options and trying to throw it down the field. I would very much expect Johnson to be involved in, in a lot of plays. And, um, over the course of the season, if it's not this Sunday, a lot of positive ones
2: for the Browns. Right. All right. And then last one, I'm sure you've talked about this, but just how much concern is there with Baker's, um, non-throwing shoulder? Yeah,
1: it's, I don't know. Mysterious isn't the word because he clearly has an injury even before they leaked it today. Right. But, um, he came out and said, I'm not going to let it bother me. And I don't think the Browns are are trying to get a fast one over on anybody with the injury report, right? He has not missed a practice snap. I go back and watch the games twice. There's nothing different about the game plan. They're not afraid to go empty. He's not afraid to tuck it and take a guy on if it's third and six and the first reads taken away. Right? So it's, I guess mysterious is the word I'm going to go with Daniel. Um, He had not just a bad game. He had an awful game last week. And Mm -hmm. that was in stark contrast to week one, which he had arguably his best game ever and was completely locked in. So is it bothering him? Probably more than they let on. Is he wearing a harness? Yes. Does it make sense that it would bother him? Yes. But the coaching staff, the offensive coordinator, Alex Van Pelt and Kevin Stefanski have been adamant. We don't see it bothering him in practice. He doesn't tell us it's bothered. We are not changing anything. So, Um, it's not ideal for your quarterback to have any ailment, right? Because he becomes a target and because it does take a full body to make NFL throws, especially a guy Baker size. Right. So, um, man, this is his 50th start of his career and we're, we're not back to where we started because he's made big progress, but we still are, we still have seen good Baker and bad Baker. And based upon these four games, I can't tell you which one we're going to see Sunday. Do I, Has he earned enough equity, and does he have a track record to say he's going to bounce back, and could he have a big game? Sure. But last week was really bad, and the week before that wasn't a whole lot better. Interesting. Well, we shall see. We shall see. I'm excited to see this stadium. Thank you for the lesson on it being open um, yeah. in the corners. via <laughs> <laughs> Twitter. Yeah. Uh. It was some just people, a bizarre thing. Like I was yeah. sitting outside with some friends and there was no volume on, right? And it was like, all right, guys, time to move along to the next stage of my life, which for me was pretend to do something else and watch the Chargers game. And then I yeah. saw the Raiders leaving the field. And I was like, did someone, you know, not – is this TV not synced up? And then all of a sudden it was saying weather delay. And I was like, this is an inside stadium. What, what in the hell is going on here?
2: Yeah, I just – a lot of people were – which has become a, a little bit of a trend on Twitter. People just oh,
0: making claims
2: without any information at all whatsoever as if they're the utmost authority on the issue. Um, so a lot of people were tweeting about Dome Stadium, Dome Stadium. So I figured I'd just you know, put some facts out there, do yeah. some educating just to so some uh, Twitter users out there could avoid making themselves look bad. So I'm yeah, just trying, so, I'm, man, I'm a man of the people, Zach.
1: No, Daniel, we, uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate you coming on. Um, Right before we sat down to to record this interview, I was working on my end of the week piece this week in Browns. Um, I'm going to pick the chargers to win in a semi low scoring game, but when I first started thinking about it this morning to working on I, i'm not real comfortable where, where Where are you in the prediction end this week
2: yeah i mean it's it's hard to pick against the chargers right now just the way that they're playing. Um, but, you, you know, you know a game like this, two talented teams, two well-coached teams, you know it's going to be close. Um, the Chargers are not really giving up a lot of points. So they're either going to win in a blowout or it's going to be really close, you know. Right. I just – I don't see a situation where Brandon Staley, uh, just from a game plan perspective, goes out there and gives up a ton of points. He's gone up against the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Raiders, all top offenses in this league, and he's more or less contained or shut them down. Um, different test this week, though, different scheme. But I, have, I just based on what I've seen so far, I have a lot of faith in Brandon Staley in terms of his defensive game plan and, and limiting points. So I, I think it'll be uh, a close one, probably low scoring, from for that reason. Isn't it nice
1: to cover a team that has a sharp coach?
2: It's. I, I'll tell you this about Brandon Staley. It's one thing to you know cover a team that has a sharp coach, but to get to cover a team with a sharp coach who's willing to share information is just such a treat. Yeah, um, it must he, be. He, yeah, I mean he. <laughs> He refuses to, and this is, I know this is a conscious thing from him. He refuses to use the term. I have to watch the tape. Never. He will always give you an answer. Um, And then when you ask about schematic stuff, he's so confident in his game plan and, and his ability to scheme that he's like not afraid to share stuff. Like these aren't state secrets, you know? So I'm working on something right now, just about all the ways that they're using Derwin James. Um, and and I was asking him about like a specific package where I saw him in a weird spot. He said he was playing five positions, and he gave it all to me in detail. Here are the five positions he's playing. Here's wow. are the different packages we're using him in, because he knows like I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out there in the next game that no one's seen anyway. So it's not like I'm giving away the secrets, right? And I that's that's really been um, a, an awesome part of covering him is just that he's not afraid and is even willing to just give information to us because he knows it makes us smarter, it makes our coverage better, and it makes, as a result, his fans smarter.
1: Well, I really got to go now because I got to call Homeland Security. We cannot have football coaches doing that. This, is, this, <laughs> stuff, is too, this stuff is too important. Thank you guys for listening. Talk to you after the game Sunday on the next Civilized Barking.